0: Welcome to the Renew Church Podcast, where we are here to have an honest and authentic conversation around our pursuit of Jesus and His mission. My name is Eric Jensen. I'll be our host today um, as we take a minute to hear from some young leaders at our church. So we are going to talk about how this upcoming generation of leaders connects with Jesus and the world around them. So before I introduce our guests today, I just want to take a minute and remind our church of some upcoming things that are going on that we're really excited about, Um Leadership is a huge thing in the church. It's a huge thing in our church, just like any other. And we are going on the offensive. We are trying to figure out ways to develop new leaders and to equip them to be uh, ministers or, or, or pe- work in the workplace or raise kids or whatever it is that they're going to do. Uh, we want to just equip them through the Bible uh, with uh, education. And so we are starting the Great Commission Bible Institute. Many of you guys, our listeners, know that. Um, and we are joined actually with uh, three people who are going to be a part of that, that ministry, that, uh, that leadership training, that school. So um, I'm really excited to introduce them, um, but I'm also really excited just to see how God uses this leadership uh, development resource that we have and uh, this partnership that we have with GCBI down in Sebring, Florida. So uh, first of all, I just want to introduce uh, Pastor Andrew Wood, and while he isn't a GCBI student... Um, he's going to be contributing to mentorship and leading uh, some groups and stuff like that uh, um, during the whole year and just kind of be a, a general resource. So, And he really, he's under 30, and that was the cutoff for this Worship in the Next Generation podcast. Yeah, well under 30. Well under 30 by like four months? or yeah, about that, yeah. <laughs> so welcome, Andrew. How you Thank doing, you. buddy? I'm doing really well. It's awesome. nice to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Um, and I should point out, too, that uh, Pastor Andrew has recently taken over uh, as campus pastor for our Milton campus. And, and we're really excited about that, man. We think you're going to do a great job. And yeah. if you don't, then we'll beat you, I think. is That's probably the the course of action. that Beat we'll take. me at what? Nothing. I'm Arm sorry. wrestling? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, also on the podcast here, we have uh, Chad Fugere. Uh Chad is going to be a GCBI North student, and uh, you've been leading at Maverick Youth. Uh, you've also been the drummer at Milton for a really long time. Yes, sir. And I'm excited to have you on the podcast. And really, the question burning in everyone's mind mm. is, how do you keep your hair so tight and clean? Like, is that like a pomade? Yeah. Or a
1: yeah. I mean, it's it takes time. You know, <laughs> it's thankfully this morning, I I didn't have to go through that process because <laughs> it can be painful at times. Just a hat. Just, just a hat. Just, just a hat. This hat morning. Today. You know. Um, I respect it. But
0: yeah, how you doing? I, I
1: have thin hair, so you know, I need to. I can't, p- it can't hold on its own. <laughs> you got to do a little something, something. <laughs> I have
0: right. to do a, a few touch-ups here and there. Uh, I get it. I get it. Well, but yeah. we're glad to have you, man, and I'm uh, really excited about this conversation today. And to my left over here, uh, we have the Cambridge Worship Leader and GCBI North student, Miss Elizabeth Rada. How are you doing today?
2: I am very good, thanks.
0: You've been on staff with us since what, like February or something like that?
2: It was the very last day of January, and that distinction is very important to me.
0: Oh, okay. I will remember. Not at all. He yeah, said. Yeah, you will not. Um, you know, Elizabeth obviously goes to the best campus, which is my Trudet. campus. at and we rock. So, mm. uh, anyhow, thank you guys so much for being here. I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. Uh, I'm really looking uh, forward to seeing what insights you guys have uh, just in this this topic. And uh, yeah, hope hopefully we'll have a little bit of fun too. So, yeah. um, so let's talk about worship a little bit. We know that worship is a little bit of everything. For those of us who joined us in our FAQ worship series, which you can find on YouTube, um, we know that it's like more than, than just music time at church, uh, that it's about, it's lifestyle, it's, it's work, it's, it's home life, it's, it's all kinds of things. Um, and I just want to know from, from you guys, and maybe we can just kind of go around, um, what connects you with Jesus the most? So we'll start with Chad.
1: Yeah, um... Obviously worship's a unique way you get to do that. And I find at times like it's it it's easier to engage with my heart in that sense. Sometimes I come into prayer and I'm like, ah, I'm just like, you know, all right, I'm gonna have this conversation with God. Um, but it's like it's not the same as worship. It's very it's very two very distinct things and I find that worship is a more unique experience where you're engaging the heart, you're engaging just kind of your spirit in that process—it's maybe it's a bit easier to do that because yeah. it's, you know worship is kind of facilitating that process. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I find
0: it's just yeah. in that sense. So it's kind of it's it's mostly music for you then. It sounds like yeah. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah. very much so. And and Chad has been leading uh, a lot more, and, and we're really excited right. about that. He's kind yeah. of our our up and coming worship leader. <laughs> so, uh, Elizabeth, what do you think? How, how do you connect with Jesus the most?
2: This might be a little bit cliche because I'm the worship leader, but um, (laughs) I would definitely also say music because I find that, like, no matter what mood I'm in, even if I'm not really in a mood where I feel like worshiping God or I feel super joyful and positive, like the music, if I'm listening to worship music, it's often, like, reflecting the truths and things that I still believe even though I'm maybe not always feeling that way. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's good. All right, Pastor Andrew. What do you got for us? Yeah, for me, uh, music wasn't always a wasn't a really big thing growing up. Um, I wasn't all that into music. I listened to music because everyone's somewhat into music, but not in any um, special way or gifted way. For me, um, I connected most with Jesus, I guess, in my young adult life uh, by reading things that seemed to be true or or really thoughtful. I, th- I think I connect most with Jesus when. When I'm reading something or listening to something, and you have that thought or that feeling like, "Whoa, if that's true, that's that's really important." It's well, a game changer. Yeah, 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 and you start to start to think about everything differently because of it. And so for me, um, I connect a lot with Jesus when I'm reading something or reading things and uh, and and learning new stuff, um, or or talking to somebody and learning something new. There's actually something I heard one time. Um, that uh, this may sound super offensive, but... Um, <laughs> Go for it, man. Um, no, it's not. It's not a, this was a Jewish person who said this. Actually, it was on a podcast um, somewhere, and, and they said that um, for every two Jews, there's three opinions. And the, uh, the actual the idea with it is that um, in Jewish culture, uh, argumentation or negotiation is actually a form of worship because they're mm. um, together collectively trying to get closer to the truth. I see. And so for me, um, that that I feel close to Jesus when I'm in scenarios where I'm talking to people and I'm learning new things and I'm trying to get closer to the truth or I'm learning things that, that may be closer to the truth than I had known or understood in the past. Yeah. No that's really cool
0: I think i I've always uh it's kind of come and gone like for sure i've there's been seasons in my life where um, even though I was a worship leader for for a long time, that wasn't really the primary way that I connected with jesus it was it was mostly through uh story and um and people hearing about what God's doing not only in my own life but in other people's lives and um, I was always struck with like the fact that uh, um, you know outside of the church, people don't really change, you mm-hmm. know? And so I always thought that when I saw someone really make genuine change, that was always like, it always reconnected me back to yeah. Jesus, and I always like felt like something kind of fresh and new, and and it, and I always took something from it from even, uh, even if I wasn't part of the story, it always seemed like I learned something through it, you know? So hearing people's stories and stuff like that, and also reading, you know, just sometimes I'd crack my Bible open to, to right. certain passages, and it would just blow my mind, and stuff like that but yeah i'd have
1: to echo that that reading and just kind of like picking up on if it's watching you know video series and stuff like that just like god is so interesting you know and there's so much like marvel about that when you get like into a a good book or when you're really getting into scripture i find it just like just kind of takes you in this state of awe and you're like whoa what do i really know yeah (laughs) yeah god's amazing
3: yeah, and yeah, the story piece of that. What you were saying, I, I actually I, I'm thinking about that now. The those moments when you when you hear someone who was obedient to God or trusted Jesus in something and lived something out, and then it and it worked, yeah. and, and they're telling their story about like life transformation because they they lived according to mm. like God's ways. Yeah, those are like moments where you're like, whoa. Yeah, I feel connected to Jesus in those moments when I'm hearing other people's stories or doing that myself, I guess.
0: And it sort of seems, it kind of goes back to what you were saying, like when you hear something that's true. And I think a lot of times we, we look at the scripture or we look at um, church world or, or the, you know, our teachings from, from our pastors or whatever. And there's this skepticism that I think it's maybe healthy, but at the same time, when you can test that and you can see, oh, wow, like when I do step out in faith and do this things in my life do change. You know, mm. When I do you know, commit to following Christ in this way, you know, things in my life, you know, it, it has sort of a uh, ripple effect on other parts of, of who I am and, and who God made me to be. And I think that that's a really powerful thing. Mm. You know? So that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, that's actually part of my experience with the music aspect. So I, I was not super into music. I didn't grow up learning to play music or sing very well and music wasn't um, wasn't part of my worship experience or what or, or or it was the kind of thing that I thought, why do we do this? Like mm-hmm. why is this what we do on Sunday mornings? Mm-hmm. And I went through a season where I was kind of deconstructing the music element. I was a youth pastor at the time and so we stopped doing music every single week on Tuesdays for for youth because I was like, why do we do that? If most of the students are probably where I'm at where they're like music, you know, is is not that big of a deal or, or they don't know how to sing or they don't know how to play stuff like that. Why is that the piece that we do? And it was actually when I started to just do the music or just sing or just, like, give myself over in obedience um, to God in those moments. Like, we're singing together as a congregation, and it's what we do. So I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it fully. That's when I actually started to embrace the the music part of worship or the right. praise part of worship more and started to actually um, connect with God a lot more through it was actually right. just an act of obedience in, yeah. um, in, in singing praises and stuff like that. Um, you know, yeah. Right. So That brings up an interesting question too,
0: because like how, what are some ways that we've, you know, I think we naturally connect with God in different ways that we maybe have a proclivity to connect better in, in one way or another. Um, What are some ways, like Andrew was saying, what are some ways that we've been challenged in our connection with Jesus that uh, we found really enriching? You know, like that maybe we've never uh, maybe we've never spent a long period of time praying or maybe we've never fasted before. You know, something like that. Is is there anything uh, for you guys that um, would be like that?
2: Um, something that I'm sort of trying to like improve on is, is like the prayer aspect of it. And I find that oftentimes I can get distracted when I'm praying and like I'm trying to pray, but then all of a sudden I start thinking about other things that, I maybe I feel like I should be doing. And so I've found that what's really helpful for me has been like journaling my prayers because then if I do get distracted, all I have to do is just look at the page again. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's where I was. And then I just kind of keep going and it helps me to kind of stay focused.
0: Yeah. See, my ADD is so bad that I, f- I forget where the journal was to begin with. So <laughs> I've never been a good journaler. Yeah, Chad, do you have anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think trust has been a big one. Like it's been something that God has constantly shown um, me to like keep taking steps in and like keep pursuing that. I have a tattoo of Proverbs three, five trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I, I knew the weight of that um, getting it. That's why I was like, okay, this is important. But at the same time, I was like, this, this verse just keeps on showing me God in different ways. And God keeps on, you know, revealing himself to be like, no, you can also trust me. You you can give this to me. You know, you can you can just trust me in in the process of work, in the process of relationships and and church and life and where you're going to go in, in your direction and I feel like there's there's always a challenge in that, right? We always are consumed with ourselves and and trying to control things with our with ourselves and and orchestrate things on our own and I think that's like a constant thing that that he he shows and
0: and yeah it's just yeah it's cool. No that's awesome. Just a big deal. That's for sure. Mm. That's awesome. Um so one of the things I wanted to kind of shift our 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 conversation towards a little bit is um one of the things we all mentioned in one way or another is a creative expression. You know, we all mentioned worship music at some point um in in Andrew being stretched in that and like kind of us coming from a worship leading background obviously we kind of have that That piece. But uh, I wanted to just talk a little bit about the creativity of worship. I was reminded recently, one of my favorite stories is the first time that the Holy Spirit ever moved through a human being was when uh, Bezalel and Aholiab were making the implements of worship. He actually, the Holy Spirit came upon artisans. And they sculpted and crafted and carved and and mm. you know goldsmithed and all this stuff. These implements that were made for worship, and I think that there is a sense of creativity and worship that you can't really get away from. Um, so, uh, when we think of worship as music, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. Um, and so, I guess my question here is, when when we're looking at uh worship and engaging the next generation, how can we use creative outlet, how can we use music or whatever it is to, to sort of engage the next generation? What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, um, I think now nowadays there's so much variety of music, right? And I think music has become such a big part of the culture because of how accessible it is and it sets the tone for what's in style, how you're talking with your friends at school and stuff like that. And I think part of part of that is like the the next generation thinks like oh worship music or like worshiping God is just like these big uh, Hillsong songs, yeah. right? Where it's just like oh you need to be all out, like I don't know. Shout
0: to the Lord on right. the <laughs> earth, let us
1: sing. Exactly. So like, and and more recently, I've been like um, listening to a couple more like Christian rap artists, right? Because like before I, I I would listen to. Um, more secular rap music and being a drummer, it's just like, I like, I like beats, Get those right? beats. Yeah. <laughs> Get my beat fix. And, um, I found like some, some of the bars that these like Christian rappers sing, I'm just like, yo, like that's sick. Like, <laughs> it just like, it gets me excited because like they're actually talking about truth and they're actually talking about the goodness of God. And it's not talking about drugs, money, sex and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. And, Glorifying woman and so yeah. it's just like there's other styles of music out there as well, not yeah. just like the basic what we sing in church and all yeah. that. And I think like the kids nowadays don't really think that that's also worship.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I hear. You're so you're you're kind of saying that like be, we're we're kind of breaking down what we define as worship, right? Because yeah, it's it's more our interpretation of that. Right. Creativity that helps us to worship God, and connect right. with Jesus. So, yeah, when we're listening to like a, a, I don't know. Well, who who are you listening to so that our listeners can um, check them out? Taylor Gray. Yeah, he's uh oh, Taylor yo, Gray. Taylor
1: Gray, OG. <laughs> he's from uh, Columbus. He's just like a sick lyricist, and um, he's I don't know. I've like he's gotten like just better as he's yeah. kept on going. He's not huge, um, which I also kind of like because it's just like more low key. Yeah, I don't know.
0: We all are hipsters. We like our right. before they were cool <laughs> right. artists, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's cool. All right, Andrew, uh, What creativity. How do we engage sort of a next generation?
3: Yeah, I was thinking about this. I was thinking for myself and then uh, with a lot of the students that I work with, I, I feel like um, the next generation is uh, is going to struggle with this because uh, they're, the next generation, there's so many things for them to consume that um, they don't, uh, they're not spending a lot of time uh, developing skills in order to be able to create out of. Mm. And so creativity uh, isn't just just free expression. Creativity actually takes skill and precision and expertise, and that's stuff that's built over time. So, like for the example, being able to create a song, I can't just pick up a guitar and sing and, and create a song, right? Because I haven't learned the basics of it. And so, um, I, I just I, there's nothing that can come out of me. I can I can think or feel certain things, but I can't mm. turn it into something to. To share yeah. with myself or with others because I don't have those skills, and and I'm actually worried for the next generation, uh, because there's so many things for them to consume that when you're consuming, you're not creating, right? When you're consuming, you're not um, you're not expressing. You're basically taking right. taking in, and uh, and they're just distracted by a lot of things, and and they're not they're not bored enough to to learn something well enough to create out of it. So whether right. it's painting or music, or, or whatever, right? And and, and some I, I guess. And when I was thinking about this, I was kind of—I'm kind of worried about about them. There's going to be far and few between of of people who actually have the skills to create mm-hmm. and worship um, through creativity in that way. Uh, just because m- most of us are, and I'm I'm one of those people who, uh, you know, who most of my most of my spare time is, is just consuming because I don't yeah. have, have those skills developed. So
1: I think what you said about people being like not bored is like you hear a lot of the of the big musicians back in the day. The reason why they got so good was because they just locked themselves in their room and learned how to do that. I remember watching the like Kings of Leon documentary, yeah. and their bassist—that's what he literally did. Their friends were like, "Oh, I think we want to start a band, right?" And he's like, "All right, like I'll play bass," and literally locked in his r- locked himself in his room for days and like <laughs> mastered the bass. Right? <laughs> like, but why? Because he wasn't distra- he didn't all have all these distractions to be consumed by. Yeah. Right. So like even like the raw talent that you can develop in being bored like that, right? Like, well, let me just play piano or guitar or whatever for like yeah. five hours because I have nothing else better to do.
3: Yeah. I like, I've even said to you, I've said the most dangerous thing is a young man who's bored. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. also the most potential is a young man who's bored exactly. or woman who's bored. <laughs> right, Sorry, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I'm like, hello? <laughs> no, but like, you know, you have the most, you know, potential for destruction if you're bored. Right. Yeah. But you also have the most potential to do um, big stuff right. if you're bored because you got the free time to just express and create and, and mm. try new things. So
2: yeah, and I think th- something that's funny in this like conversation slash response to this question <laughs> that we're all having is that everyone is really emphasizing on like the music side of things, which I'm tempted to do too because <laughs> I am very musical. But I think that like I just keep thinking about how people. Think that worship is music. And so in terms of the creativity side of things, it's like if people aren't musical, like what you're saying, Andrew, then it's like a lot of times people or especially like young people, they can think that they don't really have anything to offer God because people equate music and worship as like the same thing and so it's like oh if i'm not musical then i can't worship god and then there are like the distraction thing is huge but i think there is also such a huge emphasis on the musical side of things that people can just get discouraged and think that they don't have anything to offer
0: so so can i ask you a question about like how would someone who isn't musical kind of engage in in a creative way their expression of worship
2: um Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Like, I think that sometimes we, we, I think you're right. We do kind of, like, think that we're either born with something or we're not. And that because music is such a huge part of Christian worship expression, Mm -hmm. we kind of maybe shut that piece down in ourselves. And I think that that could be kind of a scary thing. So, like, I'm thinking of things like, you know, visual art or whatever, like, you know, uh, poetry, you know, some people who oh, yeah. ha- can't sing a note could do other things. You know, yeah. are, are there experiences like maybe that that people in the next generation could could find outlets to kind of create and express themselves through worship?
2: Yeah, I think there like visual art is kind of coming back in certain ways. Like there's there's a lot of stuff about like different forms of lettering and yeah. different stuff like that. Um, and yeah. There,
0: those journaling Bibles that all these, yes. you know, like you yeah. get. All these, everyone like, cool is things. so into I that want one right
2: of those now. so bad, but yeah, that would be so <laughs> cool. So yeah, I think that's that's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think they just like they don't see it as like something they can offer God. Maybe you know, like our worship, like a lot of the time when I talk to the students, I'm like, you know, this is not for us. We're not playing for us. We're playing for God. We're we're bringing this for God. And and I think like. Especially with visual arts, you know, you can tell us you can tell many stories with that, right? And yeah. you can what you can do with song, you can also do very much so in a painting and, and graffiti and whatever it is, right? And you can that's that's like an offering. Worship is is an offering of, of our of our time, our energy, our focus and our concentration mm-hmm. towards that. And yeah. I think they don't maybe they just don't s- understand that it's like no, you can not just glorify God, but like you can give this to God as like, Hey, this yeah. is like The talent or the abilities that you've given me, and I give this to you in that. I glorify you in that. I love that. Yeah. I think,
2: I feel like sometimes people think that if they're not good at something, then it means that, like, that can't be used as worship, like, kind of what you're just saying, Chad. I think that, like, people get discouraged in that way. And like, even if you're, see, I'm going back to the music thing now, but like, (laughs) even if you don't feel like you're born musical, like if you wanted to learn an instrument for the purpose of like glorifying God, then it's like you, there's always the opportunity to learn different things too, which I think is cool.
3: Yeah. I think that's actually a really good point that the actual development of those skills to be able to express yourself creatively Mm -hmm. is an act of worship in itself. Yeah. Yeah
0: dedication for sure yeah. yeah it's a sacrifice of time and energy and
3: i remember yeah. we did a few years ago we did a series with the youth that what was called uh, you create the Up- the, the youth, youth youth group used to be called upside so it was called you create and it was all about expressing yourself creatively and some students did painting and stuff like that but there's probably less students can who can draw than can even sing right so yeah. that's even more niche but then there were students who just like most kids in canada can write right yeah. like, you, mm. you can read and write and so they wrote Stories. Some of them were just really thoughtful stories. Some of them, I mean, most kids now have a have a camera on their phone and yeah, they take right. pictures and videos, <laughs> and they created <laughs> these <laughs> silly videos or these great videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Told stories through video. So I think everybody at this point has at least the tools to be able to create. I think part of it is the, is is the confidence to use those tools and those skills that they already have to worship God. Yeah. Right. No, that's really cool,
0: man. Um, now I know we've been talking a lot about the next generation, but I, let's shift our like. Um, so first, I'm going to ask kind of a hard question. Uh, what do you think, h- how would you guys, as sort of our representation of, uh, of the next generation, how would you guys challenge the previous generation when it comes to stuff like this? Like, h- what would you say to an older generation? How, like, what, what would you want to see from them that would help you to sort of engage in worship in a new way? How could they lead the way for you, in other words?
1: Right. I think, uh, well, these are, these are my assumptions or like what I, what I know. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair (laughs) enough. You know, previous generations and stuff. And some, sometimes it it was grown up of like, you know, you go by the book, you go by, you know, we worship. Um, I remember my dad was saying like bands and stuff in churches didn't come in until like uh, 15, 20 years ago or something like that. And it was still very much so like choir singing and, you know, singing out of books and stuff like that. And, um, I think going into that, um, I think they've embraced that culture now, right? Yeah. With with bands and, and stuff like that. But even more so, a, l- a part of my walk has been like, okay, like people worship differently, you know? Um, I was at an event last night where we had a really long session of worship. And while we were going through that, I was just kind of taking a minute to like, like pause, like, okay, let me just like do some reflection here. And like, I'm seeing other people worshiping in a really intimate way, you know, and falling on their knees and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, like, God is really personal and unique in that sense. And and I think with the the previous generation, maybe being, like, more open to, like, hey, you know, we all have a different style uh, and a different way of worshiping Christ. That shouldn't be a barrier, though. You know, that shouldn't be how... What separates us from being together in congregation, or like being judgmental of each other, right? Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of that can be like we just look at what someone else is doing, and that's not that's not
0: my style. Right. So
1: therefore, so it's wrong. Right. Or like <laughs> no, that's fair enough. <laughs> so I and that's again that's my yeah. assumption of like it used to be more by the book, and I don't I don't really encounter many people now that are like you know.
0: Yeah, no. I, I think you shouldn't there has, worship like that. There has been seri- a serious shift. I think you know the 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 worship wars were fought a long time ago, and right. um, and I think that's cool because like you guys are really the first generation that didn't didn't really experience that in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. You mm-hmm. know, that's how I grew up was you know singing out of a hymn hymn or whatever yeah. and, uh, <laughs> in church world, and I think that that's it's kind of cool that, that we get, so um so I th- I think that that's fair enough. Um, how how could uh, how has that previous
3: generation though taught us though? Like how have they led right. the way? Uh, right. Like let's think some positive things too. Mm. Yeah, my well, so my most recent experience um, or my transition probably was like I explained earlier was transitioning from deconstructing worship and why we do worship to. To, to doing it because it's just what we do and giving myself fully and I think that's what previous generations actually did well uh, they get ragged on a little yeah. bit for like oh you were just religious so you just did it because it's what you do and it mm. was cultural and you right. just showed up and read the words and sang the words and did the order of service and stuff like that. Uh, but there's actually something rich in just following the program and doing it because this is what we do. And there's right. usually reasons why we do what we do. And, and really intelligent people and thoughtful people have, have made the decisions in the past where God's led them to do that in certain ways. And and I think our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation did a really good job at modeling, like, well, this is just what we do. And Consistency. Doing it. Consistency and, and faithfulness. Dedication, yeah. Dedication, obedience rather than needing to be led by their hearts, right? Right, like yeah. Our generation yeah. is more like, oh, I have to feel it, otherwise <laughs> yeah. it's not real. And yeah. they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's just what you do, obey, yeah. get in line, right? And uh, and I think there's some there's richness to that. I've experienced mm. richness in my worship experience from from doing that and applying right. that. So yeah. I appreciate the pre- previous generations for that.
1: And that was a good culture, too. Like, the culture now, I I know with, like, uh, I think it's Young Life. Um, yeah. Though. They have like big international ministries, but like part of their program is is to connect with high school students and just get them to used to like singing in groups, like yeah. singing with each other, right? Like not even worship songs, just like popular songs, because it's like not cool
2: to like yeah. sing yeah, yeah.
1: together, right, or like express yourself too much, like you yeah. know, don't like get too into it or whatever. Yeah. And I, they modeled that like amazingly, right? like we're yeah. just coming together. No shame here. Like, we're just singing. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's a culture of corporate worship. That that. Mm. Yeah, that's a huge. That's a huge thing. And the Bible talks about that. Actually, you know, it, it says, you know, sing to each, you know, sing songs, hymns, spiritual songs to right. each other. It is part of what it means to be part of this faith family, right? So um, this next generation, you guys, um, you guys are kind of like Gen Z. I'm a little, like, millennial. Andrew's a little millennial. We're kind of like a little hodgepodge. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of us, though, get kind of bad raps, you know, from from one side or the other, you know. And so I I just want to hear from you guys. What are, like, the redeeming qualities of your generation? And what do you guys kind of, in your pursuit of worship in Jesus, like, how how has that connection helped just from your generational perspective.
2: Well, first of all, sometimes I wonder if we even have any redeeming qualities. <laughs>
1: but
0: um, small ones. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> they're in there somewhere. Just like yeah, but seriously, like, like what yeah.
0: what kinds of things uh help you kind of connect with Jesus?
1: I mean I mean the the thing now is like we're we're all authentic, right? We all have our own individualism and that's celebrated and that's encouraged. And I think that's a cool thing because a lot can happen in that, right? Like, you're not just kind of... There is a flow of, like, what the culture thinks and what's the right way of thinking, but at the same time, like, people who do pursue their individualism pursue it wholeheartedly and 100%, even if it's not for Jesus, right? Yeah. And so you do see change with that. You see empowerment with that. And, like, one thing that this generation does well at is, is come together and, and actually... They, they care to see change, whether or not they actually act on that is, like, a different thing. Yeah. I don't know how much is, yeah. like, acted upon. But I know that there's an actual care for change and a care to make a difference in the world. And, and even in their individualism, um, people unrelated to Jesus, like, can still find a way to come together. Like, that's kind of, like, the whole idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's come together even though we're all different and mm-hmm. it'll still be great and we can skip around and, you know. Yeah.
0: Do but whatever. There's probably then an o- opportunity for unity. in our, Like, that's something that the New Testament writes a lot about, right. is about unity. And, like, yeah. even though we have differences of maybe theology or opinion or interpretation, that we can still come around sort of and, and, and celebrate one another. You guys think that's true?
3: Yeah, I think the unity that we're going to experience or can experience is, is, a, is a more truer unity in that it's not just unity um between people who are much alike, but it's right. unity between people who are quite different or right. unalike. So if we are experiencing yeah. unity, uh it's a truer unity. Um yeah. it's, it's not it's not just like fake unity, like it's not just conformity, right? It's 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 genuine unity um with differences. So yeah And we've yeah.
1: built that very much so in, in the GTA and in Canada. Yeah. I think just we take pride in that and like we're multicultural and we embrace yeah. all that and we still come together as one country
0: and, yeah. you know. Well, that's one of the things that is, is kind of exciting about Renew Church is that, like, we we kind of are in this, um, the cultural cutting edge in some ways. Uh, we're, we're really uh, on, the, on the front end of where culture is trending. Right. Um, so how do you think that you guys' this generation will have an impact in kind of shaping the movement of the future, um, you know, even opportunities for the gospel and stuff like that?
2: Sometimes I feel like our generation, like the younger, upcoming generation, whatever, whether it's millennials or Gen Z, whatever yeah, yeah. you want to call us, I think that sometimes like we can we come together because we almost recognize that our generation gets a bad rap, and so yeah. we kind of want to <laughs> band together and find change the, the opinion. Yeah, or so, I I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if like I think we know that maybe we can't change the opinion, but. Maybe we're still going to try or at least like we're going to support each other because we know that people aren't always really happy about what we're doing or how we're changing things.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, if you post a something that's trending on your Instagram that is like, oh, save the turtles, save the plastic water bottles, then you're doing something. Yeah. You're you're a part of it. You're an activist. You're an activist. (laughs) (laughs) You're really making change because you posted it on your Instagram story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I saw the, the Jane Goodall, you know, like the, the with the gorillas, the ape lady. The ape lady. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, she lived with, like, monkeys for, for like, 40 years, right? <laughs> and sh- she had this great line. She said, I went into the jungle as a scientist, and I and I came out of the jungle as an activist. And I thought about how her generation's thoughts on what an activist was is living in the jungle with... Endangered gorillas. <laughs> right. And, like our generations <laughs> thought of activists is on my is, like, Instagram
2: story. <laughs> not
0: using a straw at Starbucks. Right. You know? yeah. it's, like, totally, it's so Pretty sad. Um, but I do think, you know, just to, to, to say this, I think that um, there is we're in we're living in a world right now where being a Christian gets you no cultural uh, props. Like you don't get benefits from being a Christian. Like there's no Cultural pressure to be one if right. you're not, mm-hmm. right. or to fake like you're one if you're not, and so I think there's an opportunity for the church in that, um, in that the the people who are part of the family, you kind of know that they're part of the family, right? You know what I mean? And that there's a there's a um, there's a, a sort of a I guess efficiency is the word that comes to mind, but there's sort of like a there's not a lot of fat in that whole thing, you know? Right. There's it's like it's a trimmed kind of.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? There's I t- almost also yeah. like a... I feel like there's a bit of a freedom with it. Like, no one really older than us expects us to actually follow Jesus. Yeah. Nobody younger than us knows anything yet because they're children. So like, <laughs> so, like, we have this freedom to, to basically to pursue Jesus wholeheartedly and authentically and to almost... Not just not define what that looks like because that looks like something very specific, but w- define what it looks like here or or what is contextualized as here, and then and then hand that off to the next generation or right. or motivate the next generation or invest that into the next generation and not worry about our generation or the, or, or previous generations and trying to change their mind about it or convince them that what we're doing or how we're living's right or good yeah. or or whatnot. It's just actually authentically. And genuinely pursue Jesus, and then whatever that looks like, be committed to handing that off to the next generations. Because yeah. really, we have we kind of have that freedom to do that. There's definitely a pursuit, right,
0: of like, um, of of testing and making sure that this is worth your life, mm. right? You know, and I think that uh, it, this sort of generation and upcoming generations are going to encounter um, reality. You know, like, there's so much fake out there, you know, like, Mm. our our social media accounts project a fake image of ourselves, like, no matter what, right? And there's so much fake representation of us that we crave reality Mm right? in a lot of ways. And I think that when, if we believe the Bible's true, and if we believe that's the reality, that people are going to really sense and see that in us and through us. And so I think I'm actually pretty excited about it. Yeah, and
1: when you talk about, like, change in, in the church and where that's going, like you said, like, that stands out, right? Like it's so authentic and when like <laughs> we don't have that expectation of like living out for jesus so when it happens like even my friends that are you know non-christians are like what is this guy on you really? <laughs> know <Yeah. laughs> where She's can living i get some, some? like completely <laughs> counter lifestyle to what we've been like you know this is the norm and this mm-hmm. is how you should live and like when you talk about change in the church i think that's where it's really going to come into play the most is because people are gonna notice that, like, man, they're living actual truth. Like, they s- they seem generally happy most of the time, even though it's sacrificial, or even though you know they're they're not, yeah, going into you know going to the going out every weekend right. and going to my friends because you know I, I'm lonely or like mm-hmm. I just need to be like comforted and yeah, it's so, like they they see like wow okay like their needs are actually somewhere else yeah. like here my needs are like I have so much to consume. I have so much materialism around me that, like, I can fulfill those temporarily. But they, like, they seem to remove themselves from that. And that's yeah. where it makes it so much more unique and genuine and stand out yeah. in that sense. And, like, if people pick up on that and if people actually join the, quote, unquote, movement of that, like, yeah, then I think that's where
0: yeah. change can happen the most. And no, I think that's awesome. Um, so let's kind of redirect our conversation back to this idea of worship and stuff. And right. I wanted to bring this up uh, just in our, our, our conversation about uh, generations. Stuff. Um, technology is a huge thing, right? We, we, mm. it's, it's shaped our society. It's reshaped our society a couple of times now, right? Um, how do you guys see technology impacting worship in general?
3: Yeah, I think, um, I think technology can help worship a lot. Um, in that technology um, makes a lot of things that used to be a lot more difficult a lot easier. And so things that used to be uh, more inaccessible to most people are now more accessible to most people. Yeah, Uh, Whether that's the ability to create things, um, uh, to create good products, to create good music, to create good art, uh, whether that is access to hearing it or experiencing it uh, and sharing it and stuff like that. Um, And so uh, technology... Uh, can help worship a lot because it gives yeah. more people more access to creating and also consuming um, good God-worshipping you yeah. know, art and creativity and stuff.
0: And the communication side, like, alone, you know, you think of the Apostle Paul, like, if the Apostle Paul had Snapchat, man, he would just be, like, killing it right now. He, he'd yeah, probably have would streaks. would streak be? I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what his streaks would be. He'd probably be, like, 919 or so. Oh, really? Elizabeth, something like that. Yeah, Do you maybe. think he would beat you? In your streak of 919?
2: Um, I mean, we- probably. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we were giving Elizabeth a hard time
3: about her streaks. So. What is a snap streak for people who don't know?
2: Um, so it's pretty much like if you ha- send a Snapchat to someone and they send one back to you in like the same day, and then like you just keep building that up and it's just like a daily communication. One
0: snap a day.
2: Yeah, it pretty much. Like
0: that. It sounds like a really
3: deep addiction is what it sounds
2: like. Yeah, sounds like dedication. <laughs> really? Oh, my
3: goodness. I'm just kidding. One of my students actually <laughs> described it as it's like trying to get a high score in a game. Oh, so really? She literally <laughs> yeah, but like, there's
2: honestly no point to it. So I don't even know why I'm like this.
1: Status? I never hear anyone be like, yeah, I have
0: 628. But my
1: you're too max old.
0: You're, you're, you're too old now you're uh, you're old now. I'm, nope, but, if you
2: but i'm somewhere older somewhere, than him oh, you so are, i oh, just yeah. have some problems i guess we'll <laughs> throw that that theory out the window then yeah yeah,
1: yeah maybe i just don't use snapchat no, cool that often yeah i'm not i'm not that cool enough think that's lame is what we're getting
0: all right at so end. so other than our snapchat <laughs> streaks you know like t- technology though like for sure i think that it, you know interesting it has a lot of opportunity there's a lot of benefit there is a, obviously a lot of distraction i mean right. walk on any city bus everybody's just staring at their little glowing rectangle right. And that that's kind of it, it. It makes it hard to build new relationships in some ways. Um, we've seen it stunt people's growth, just you know, psychologically. And like, you know, we pursue uh, the, the the communal approval of likes and in upvotes and stuff like that. And I think that that can kind of warp us in some ways. Um, but but what like what else? How how have you seen technology sort of impact your generation? And and how can we use it in a way that glorifies God?
2: Um, I think I've seen a lot of negative impact in one way because, like, Andrew talked about some of the good things, but I think there's also a lot of negatives in terms of like we can almost be more fixated or infatuated with like keeping up with our different social media things and like having a good presence on social media and then we're almost more interested in that than we are in like reading our bibles and praying it's like you wake up in the morning and instead of praying or grabbing your bible it's like oh got to see my emails got to see who texted me got to see what was happening on social media while i was sleeping
1: yeah yeah Like going, going on your phone becomes automatic. It's not like, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I have some time to think now. Or it's like, there's buffer time in between, like, I'm standing in line for something and I'm on my phone. Like, it's like automatic response, you know, like it, and it really sucks the life out of you because like, I find when I've been like, all right, I'm just going to like leave my phone in my room or something. I'm just going to leave my phone like out of space. I'm like oh, I I can actually, like, think, think of, like, yeah. the rest of my day or, like, here's how I'm going to, you know, instead of waking up and going on my phone right away, like, oh, let me just, like, take time to pray and, like, while I'm driving mm-hmm. to work, just, like, yeah you know, just sit in, like, silence. Like, that's, I feel like some, a lot of people are afraid to just, like, be absent from their technology because that means not even necessarily be bored, but, like, sit with your thoughts and, like, yeah. And and give room for that, you know? Because it just like consumes you it's like to think we have this in front of our face, like a foot away from us for however time, yeah. two hours a day, four like way I know, more than yeah. two, I would I say mean, <laughs> for a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I guess for like more students, they're like yeah. constantly on that, right? But
0: yeah. I was I was reading an article while I was addicted to my glowing rectangle <laughs> that uh it was talking about how People have been developing. You're reading that on your glowing record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was. About how horrible they are. Um, that people are on their phones so much that it's changed the way that we hold ourselves and our posture. Mm. And yeah. that it's created bone spurs on the back of our what skull. The heck? Wow. How crazy is that? Yeah, that I've heard that. You can, you can get a bone spur in your head <laughs> now from phones. From nice. I feel like that would have so happened
1: much. with people who read books, though. Maybe. Wouldn't that be similar? I don't know.
3: Potentially. I was also I was on the TTC actually uh, uh, a few days ago and I was looking down, almost everyone there is on their phone and and, and I wasn't because I was standing and I was with people I knew. Mm. So I was, look, I was looking down at somebody, what they're watching and I was thinking to myself, I was like, what are they watching? Why are they watching that? I would never find myself watching what they're watching. <laughs> but it literally started making me think every single person on this train is watching something totally different and totally unique Right, and it's something that nobody else on this train may ever watch and so technology can bring us together but it also separates us and disunifies mm, us in that yeah. everyone has such a unique technology footprint and like the things that they consume and the things that they watch are so unique and so different because of the vastness of content that's out there yeah. That like we all might watch we all might happen to watch the one same video that day because it's gone viral. Right. But ninety five percent of the other content that we consume is unique to me or yeah. is unique to you, Eric, or mm. is unique to you. Mm. Like most of the articles you're reading, I'm never going to see or read or never going to come across me. And mm-hmm. most of the videos you're watching, right. Chad, I'm never going to experience. And most right. of the music you're listening to, I've never heard and may never hear. So, right. yeah. so there's a the few things that bring us together, but most of the content actually separates us and disunifies us because yeah. of how much content there is.
1: But it's like you said socially, like everyone on the bus is on their phone, right? So even even from that standpoint, like it's almost like we're afraid to look at other people in the eyes. You know, like... Sometimes I'm yeah. driving and then I just like, I don't do it often, but you know, I'll look over and then like someone's looking at me and, I'm like, and then they turn away real quick, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, no eye like, contact. To give like a nice, <laughs> a nice like wave or something like, hey, you know, or like, when I, whenever, I, when I went to uh, New Zealand back in, in, win- in uh, winter, um, my friend's dad just like, anyone he saw, good eye. Great day, yeah. isn't it, today? Like, <laughs> just, like, full of, like, you know, Whoa. joy and, like, he's just talking to whoever and, like, yeah. just, like, you know, good day to you and Such good day to you and yeah. it's beautiful yeah. out, isn't it? And just, like, I feel like we've lost that, like, those just small, like, people don't know how to make those small interactions anymore. It's like, yeah. oh, uh, uh sorry, uh, I didn't see you there and, like, oh yeah. let me just, like, stay, you know, head down and, like, stay in my own little bubble, my own little world and, like, just socially it's just yeah. sucked the life yeah. out of, like our interactions with strangers even, right? And, like... Yeah. I think our
2: generation has this, like, culture of awkward. Mm. Like, we go home and we're like, oh, I had this, like, really awkward moment with someone today, and it wasn't even awkward. It was just, like what you were saying about you made eye contact with someone in right. the car and then it's like, oh, and then they waved at me or they yeah. smiled and like, that's just they so smiled? awkward. <laughs> yeah, and it's what not even they? awkward, <laughs> but we are just so yeah. afraid to make eye contact or afraid to talk to the random people. Right. And it's like, if like if I had been there when your friend's dad is just like, right. yo, and talking to everyone, I would have been like, why are you doing that? Because yeah. my dad talks to all these random people, and I'm just like, dad, don't do that. Can yeah. you just not? Stop.
0: It's weird.
1: Yeah, and he's
2: <laughs> like, no, this is not weird. I'm making friends. Right, yeah, but we're so everything is awkward.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's something we keep. We're, we're gonna have to keep uh, readdressing it. We have to develop mm-hmm. these skills. I mean, if if you think about it, like in one generation, pretty much we have we we went from no portable wearable technology technology that wasn't with us all the time right we went from like zero of those like a pager was probably the closest <laughs> thing to,
3: to <laughs> did now did you ever own a pager i, I never did <laughs> no i never did either and no. i've
0: always like i did own one of those never. like old <laughs> no. phones with like the green screen i did yeah, have one yeah, of those yeah. it was like a little brick i yep. did one of those okay um but we went from that to like now it's just so so common and everywhere, you know that we, as a society, didn't really build in any discipline, hmm. honestly, you know, and so we can fall into uh, a lot of addictive behaviors and stuff like that. I think that um, I think that it'll 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 kind of cal- calibrate a little bit. So I'm looking right. forward to that. Um, I just want to before we uh, we're, we're kind of like going to wind down a little bit, but I wanted to get something from you guys uh, just to let our listeners know who you are a little bit. And so I wanted to kind of ask this question. What made a significant worship impact in your life? In other words, kind of what made you decide to follow Jesus? Hmm. And I know that's kind of a deep question, but um, I think it's an important one because uh, I think sometimes, I think our listeners would be, be shocked to, to hear some of your responses in some ways because, um, yeah, well, so I just want to hear what your responses yeah, are. Um,
1: that's a, yeah, that's just like, for me... I never, you know, growing up in the church was, you know, obviously just, like, I became very familiar, very comfortable with the idea of God and, you know, these words and big things being thrown out there, right? So, for me, that was, like, that was never the question, Um, and even, like, the existence of God was never, like, oh, I don't know that, like, he created this, you know? Because, like, for me, it was, like, always simple I just looked around, and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty insignificant. You know, these mountains, these landscapes, like, are beautiful. This has design. This has someone who put it together. So for me, it was never, like, a question of whether or not um, God exists. It was more so, like, how am I going to live my life out for him, and when is that going to happen, and what is that going to look like? And I think once I, you know, I went through phases of just, like, I'm very experiential. So, like, I learned very much so through experience. And I'm a 100% or 0% kind of person. So, in that, I was like, nah, God, like, I'm not living for you right now, because I'm being selfish, and I'm being a moron. I'll get around
0: to it. Right, yeah. yeah, It's
1: like, (laughs) you just chill. One, Like, let me do me for a bit, you know? (laughs) And, like, obviously, I came to a point where, like, yo, that's just child. Like, who do you think you are, you know? (laughs) And and I think once I realized, like, okay, actually the lifestyle that God has for me and and that I can have now because of Jesus, right, right like the life I can live out because of the sacrifice of Jesus um, was just way better than anything that I was living before, right? Yeah. And any type of fulfillment, any type of um, desire that I was trying to attain was just, God was way better. Yeah. And so I think once I was just like, for me it was just like coming to the point of like all right i give myself to you you know yeah. and i think a lot of that can be the the main problem with with people is like they don't they don't they think they're not a slave to something they think they're not sacrificing themselves to anything and that they are in control of their lives um which we all know is like we all worship something we're all a slave to something and i think once i was just like i just want to worship God and I just want to be, you know, a slave to him yeah. for the rest of my life because that's actually going to bring full meaning, full purpose, full truth yeah. and and joy and peace and, you know, all the rest. I was like, yeah, 100%. Sold. Let me go. Yep. Let me yeah. dive into that and then like, cool. man, ever since the opportunities that have come from that have just been incredible and the like the life change that you experience through through grace, through mercy is just like yeah. It's unimaginable. I think yeah. people people don't think that that hope is real yeah. and that you can actually attain that um, yeah. to some degree. So no, for me, awesome. it was just like, yeah, like, all right, I'm going to now I'm going to follow Jesus mm-hmm. because I'm ready to like commit myself to him. Right.
0: Right. right. So no, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Elizabeth.
2: Yes. Similarly to what Chad was saying at the beginning about growing up in the church, I had like that same sort of background and I'm someone who's like super relational. So I found that when I was younger, a lot of like going to church every week and going to youth group and all those different things was a lot more for me about getting to spend time with my friends as opposed to actually like living for God or like focusing on God. And like, similarly to Chad, again, mm-hmm. like, I never, it was never a question to me of, like, does God exist and all this? I just, I listened to what was said, and I sang the songs and all that, yeah and got all the knowledge, and I believed it, but I never really questioned it or anything. Right. And um, I kind of ended up coming to a point in my life where I realized that my faith wasn't really my own thing, that I was kind of just, just living under like the, I go to church every Sunday and like Mm. my parents are Christians and I accepted Christ when I was really little, but like, what does that actually mean for me? So I sort of came to a point in my life where I realized that I was going to have to decide, is this actually what I want to be living for or who I want to be living for, I guess you could say. Mm. Um, And like, if that, if I do want to be living for God, like what is that going to look like and how is that going to change the way that I'm living my life. And I think there's a big, there's a, maybe, I don't know how big it is. Kind of maybe it is, but like there's a difference between who I am now and like who I used to be when it was just, I'm getting all this information and now I'm actually sort of living that out and having more questions and opinions as opposed to just believing everything and never having anything to kind of say back about it. I
1: think for like the people too that are like, that's great. You know, you got to (laughs) grow up with all that knowledge and, and learning, you know, these things about God. Like for me, where do I, you know, how do I find that? Because like, I'm kind of clueless to like who this whole God guy is and where creation came from and all this. Like if you actually look, there's not like a whole lot that goes against, I mean, like create, I feel like creation is just the easiest step to go like, okay, there's a God of the universe mm. who exists. You just have to look right? outside. Yeah. So like a sunset. Go look outside. Yeah. And then you want to go see, like, what other people think about creation, you know? Well, like, what do you have to compare it to? Like, the Big Bang. All right, well, that's a theory. And we also know that when things explode, it doesn't create beautiful things in perfect harmony. And, yeah. you know, you look at, like, Christian uh, Christianity and, and Islam. Those are, like, the two... Main powerhouse religions of the world. Well, they both believe in the the creation of of God, right? Like God created the earth, and mm-hmm. whether or not you know it was in yeah, actual yeah. six days, whatever. Th- those are those are other small details, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's not like I- if you actually want to go <laughs> and discover you know the truth and 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 the creation and where we're, where we're from, it's like yeah. it's out there, and there's not a whole lot to contradict it.
0: Yeah, it's a
3: bit of a love letter for sure. Right. Andrew, yeah, how did you connect with Jesus? You know, my experience is a little bit different than than, um, than Chad and Elizabeth. Um, I've always had the question of does God exist, and mm-hmm. I even I'm a pastor, and I still right. do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I question that all the time, uh, and, uh, and I don't know I don't know why. It's it's always been a question that's been on my mind. I've always questioned what is truth and, and what is true, and uh, and how true is it, and uh, and what makes it true. And uh, you know, I still spend a lot of time thinking about that kind of stuff. Today, yeah. I did make a decision at one point when I was seventeen to follow Jesus, and uh, and that was uh, that was because it was the best narrative that I knew at the time, and I still know today. It's the it's it's the story that makes the most sense of the world in my experience. It's a story. That makes the most sense of why things are the way they are yeah. and what the solution to them is and could be. Uh, I remember at that age, I was looking around, thinking I had lots of friends. I went to public school and I played baseball growing up, so I had lots of friends uh, who were not Christian people, and then I had friends who were Christian people. And I looked around at family life and 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 love between parents and uh, just mm. you know their experiences and other people's experiences. And and and, and every time I looked around, I saw. My Christian friends and my Christian families, the Christian families I was close to uh, who were following Jesus, having more meaning in their life, more purpose in their life, more joy in their life, healthier families, units that the, the kids were were healthier, were making better decisions, were, were more successful, and and, and, then, and then the families, most of them that... That weren't following Jesus, I, I, it, it looked different and it, it felt different to me, right. and uh, and so uh, I just remember looking around, going, you know, this makes this just makes way more sense, and uh, and, and and it works, uh, and. Mm. Uh, and, uh, so maybe there's truth there, there's likely truth there and it's worth pursuing and it'll take somebody, uh, showing me a very clear reason to not follow this way, Hmm. um, to, to knock me off of that. I made that decision at 17. Um, and, uh, and I've been making that decision, I guess, regularly since then. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of been my experience. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks for, for being honest, open. Um, that's like one of the things that we're trying to do with this podcast and just kind of, um, uh, yeah, just giving authentic answers to these questions. And, uh, no, I really appreciate it. It takes a, it takes a lot to, to just share your heart in that. Um, I am uh, really excited about uh, our next generation. Uh, you know, I see this GCBI. I see um, all you guys kind of stepping up in leadership in our churches, and uh, it makes me really happy to see... Um, you guys following Jesus, pursuing Jesus, calling your friends to follow Jesus. Right. And um, e- even though I'll probably be the guy in a wheelchair one day complaining <laughs> about how loud the worship is, uh, you know, I, I I can rest in the fact that uh, that I know that you guys are carrying the torch and that you guys are going to pass it on to a, another generation um, of Jesus followers. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, thank you guys for listening. And I uh, I hope that you would subscribe and 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 tell your friends about our podcast and make sure that we can get the this material out there, this content out there, um, and stay tuned for more content in the future. Thank you, Eric. Woo! Yeah, thanks, man. Rock. Podcast adjourn.
2: Woo!